When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boasts all tournament long. So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. And there's so many different really awesome games that are happening this upcoming Sweet 16. You have some underdog picks, particularly teams like Princeton and FAU. And even despite Tom Izzo being the head coach, even Michigan State is a team that people are unsure about, but could be primed to get major upsets moving forward. So with all that going on, I have an offer for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Damn, it feels good to get a blowout win. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well at Sportswire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys as always for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You already know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And as always, this podcast episode and everything we do here at THPN are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook with the Major League Baseball season now officially underway. And we are just about less than two weeks away from the start of both the NBA and, of course, Stanley Cup playoffs. With all that going on, DraftKings is your number one place to get in on all the huge cash prizes. So if you want to get a little extra cash for your pocket, I got a deal for you. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Sign up with our promo code THPN. 
Again, THPN. And as always, tell them that your boy, Neil Villapiano, sent you. And once again, a big thank you and shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook for being the official sports betting partner of the Devil State of My podcast, as well as the Hockey Podcast Network. And as always, bet responsibly. Devils fans, I think it's fair to say that this is an episode that has been a long time coming. I've had a lot of people ask me to bring this great guy on, and I'm so excited to bring him on. And let's just get right into it. It is with great pleasure that we welcome on the man behind Devils.Report on Instagram and also the co-host of the Shout to the De- Shout Out to the Devils podcast, which you could also find on Apple, Spotify, as well as YouTube. It is the one and only Daniel Amoya. Daniel, first and foremost, welcome to the Devil State of Mind podcast. And secondly, how are you doing today, my friend? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm I'm pumped to be on here. It's been a long time coming. We, me and Neil have been trying to work this out for a long time. And it's just, I'm, I'm like the busiest person on the planet. So I'm grateful that I had off from school today and able to hop on here. So I'm pumped to talk Devils. I'm really excited. Well, we are certainly pumped to have you on. I've already had a bunch of people uh, message me saying that they cannot wait to listen to this episode. And before, ladies and gentlemen, because obviously you guys are going to be hearing this on April 6th, but we are recording this here on April 5th, which makes it five years to the day that the last time the New Jersey Devils officially clinched a spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs in that win at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was there, sent, I was down uh, ice level near where the Devils shot twice. So uh, I didn't even realize that it was the day until I think I looked at my Snapchat memories or something like that. But that's how I found out. So yeah, uh, you know, and it's certainly an appropriate time considering that the Devils are 100% in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. And Daniel and I are both super excited that we are going to be able to cover some Devils playoff games this year. So let's jump into this episode, Daniel, with some personal questions. I think a lot of people are certainly curious about this. My first one is this, and it's kind of a two-parter. One, how did you become a fan of hockey? And more specifically, how did you become a fan of the New Jersey Devils? Okay, so I want to preface it by saying a lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but I really only became a diehard in the 17-18 season, Hall's MVP year, um, that same year that they most recently made the playoffs. And I was always a fan. Like My my dad was a Devils fan, so I went to about a game a year. I'm pretty sure I got it to at least one, but I never really Mm -hmm. cared that much. I was pretty much a casual. It wasn't wasn't that big of a deal to me but actually funny enough the thing that hooked me into the devils was I was I was a big Adam Henrique fan like he was like the one player that I actually cared about and when they had traded him for Sammy Vaughton and I remember sitting in study hall as a freshman in high school (laughs) and that was the first time I ever like actually felt emotion like genuine hardcore emotion for the devils Mm. because I was like wow like this is basically the only guy I really care about why are they trading him Right. So I was in study hall, had nothing else to do, did all my homework. So I hopped on YouTube and started watching Sammy Vaughton in highlights <laughs> and just to see if this guy was any good. 
And then the next time the Devils played, watch him make his Devils debut. And I, I was literally just watching for Sammy Vatanen because I was mad that they traded Henrik. So I just right. I wanted some clarity that at least the guy they were getting back was good. And I'm not sure if it was that game or a few games later, but one of the games they played Anaheim and it was a really good game. Devils ended up storming back from, I believe, two down. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of got me hooked. I was like, wow, like this is fun. Like I'd watch hockey in the past, but now that I had more of a genuine interest in something going on in the game, I felt myself wanting to watch more. And then we all know that year is Taylor Hall's glorious MVP season. And I was able to just follow that along. And the devils obviously were doing well at that point. So it made it a lot easier for me. And I just found myself watching more and more games and paying attention and turning on more notifications and following reporters and just slowly as that year built i i started to develop a love for the team that a love that i initially only had for the sport of baseball and eventually hockey ended up reaching that point because once i was hooked i could never go back and now as you guys know i'm a true diehard a year later i ended up making my fan page and since then it's been basically my entire life so I resonate a lot with, you know, your story about how you became a fan of hockey and and the Devils. Uh, You know, for myself personally, I I slowly started to put post notification or push notifications for different Devils reporters and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, been tremendous how much the Devils and also the sport of hockey here in New Jersey has grown over the last couple of years. Now, you did obviously mention there at the end about your page again on Instagram at devils.report. One of the best Instagram pages for New Jersey Devils fans out there. Like, I mean, he does, Daniel does a phenomenal job. Game day graphics, everything he does. I've been following, honestly, I've been following that page probably around since you started. Um, first on my, my personal and now obviously with the podcast, but can you take us into the background of what made you decide to start the page and how it all came about? So funny enough, I'm sure some of you in the devil's community remember the page called, I believe it was Jersey devil's fan page. Yes. And he was like the first devil's fan page I followed and I followed him religiously and just seeing like how amped up he'd get for the devil's his content was pretty good and it made me enjoy it. And I actually, I made his logo. He, he did like a little logo contest and mm. I won that contest. So I, that made me want to follow his page more because I made his logo and I just thought it was cool. Nice. And, um, all I remember is, um, so he had, he ended up deleting his page, but this was before he deleted his page. I just mm-hmm. remember kind of wanting to model myself off of him because I knew as I at least somewhat knew as a career, I wanted to get into the sports world. And at this point I was only a sophomore in high school, but I just felt like it, it was just almost like a calling. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect I, I felt, I, I felt like I had a place I've for a few years before that I've been learning Photoshop and stuff. I, I had some good connections. My friend Vic, who's an excellent graphic designer, was able to get me set up with some templates. So I was like, all right, let's give this thing a shot. And I had some people that I didn't think I'd really be able to stick to it. 
like when I brought it up to some of my friends, they were like, oh, okay, we'll see what happens. And no, no one ever sticks to those fan pages. And that just kind of pushed me further because I was like, you know what? Why can't I? Like, there's no reason I can't be super dedicated to this thing. And I want to say just in the first few weeks of me pushing out content, I already got some pretty good, pretty good support, even though it wasn't in mass numbers in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. just just to see even a few people liking and even if i put a poll on my store and say eight people answered i'm like wow that that's eight devils fans who want to <laughs> come to me for news or something like that so just the passion grew from there and then from that point on i started making friends through the page and meeting new people and group chats and stuff and it just went on from there and my love for it my passion for it grew stronger and stronger by the day and it almost made me feel like and now we're here but at that time i had only been covering some pretty bad devil's teams like there was a point where like blake pietola and kevin rooney were on the first line and but it if it weirdly enough that made me want to continue to run the page more because i was like when they're good i'm gonna feel so good that i stuck with them through these bad times and that's exactly what happened um years went on and i had found myself some pretty good success but just in this season alone sticking with it i've basically doubled my page just in these last six months after uh, i think it was four and a half years of building Mm -hmm. it so it's just been remarkable and not to like toot my own horn, but I feel like to an extent I do deserve it just to, to, again, not, not to be like that, but just because I stuck with some bad, bad devil's teams and always had faith when a lot of people didn't. And it it wasn't always easy. There there were times where I didn't want to get out of bed and make my graphic game day graphic before school or something like that. But I just knew that if I stuck with it, good things would eventually come. And it took almost five years of running the page, but this season has been phenomenal. The support from everyone has been phenomenal. Just the the numbers my page has done, and more importantly, just uniting the fan base. I mean, there's been some pretty cool things, and still some cool things I have planned. Um, just the interactions I'm able to have with people, and even even just through the podcast, having the Q and As and stuff like that, mm-hmm. is just really really awesome to unite this fan base and meet people at games and stuff like that. It's just it's the coolest thing because at the end of the day, numbers, followers doesn't really mean anything. The fact of the matter is we all love devil's hockey and want them to win. And we all have that in common. So that's phenomenal, Daniel. I mean, and, and you know, I know you don't feel comfortable saying it, but I'll say it. You absolutely deserve, you know, all the recognition that you've been getting, especially this year and going through the last couple of very lean years. And it's, it, it was not easy. It was not easy. Not uh, I could understand, you know, I, I resonate with that. I mean, there were plenty of times where I was like, do I even want to do a podcast episode after, you know, losing, you know, seven to one or whatever the heck, like it's not, it's not an easy thing, but for you to continue to push yourself and improve every single day is, is a testament to you. And, uh, you know, you've grown the page so phenomenally and, uh, you know, it's really, really great to see. And obviously it doesn't hurt that the devils are a freaking wagon right no, now. Not at all. Uh, it does not hurt one bit, but that is absolutely phenomenal. So Thank the you. last thing in terms of, you know, personal questions for you, Daniel, is this. 
what has been the most gratifying thing that you have gotten since you started doing uh, Devil's Dot Report fan page? Ooh, that that's definitely a tough one. Probably. Hmm. I think it's not one specific thing, but it's like any time a player from the Devils has like reposted or liked something of mine, I just think that's like the coolest thing because like you're realizing like these people who you're basically making your page for are recognizing you at your craft. And actually to top on a, a little cool thing of mine I do, I've actually had by a company on Etsy, I get like custom pucks made with my logo on them. Mm -hmm. And anytime I've been to like a signing, I've had players like sign the puck with my logo. And I just think that's a pretty cool thing because now I have like a whole case with basically almost the entire team signing pucks with my logo. And it's almost like, it's kind of like a thing, like I made it, if that makes sense. Like, like I know there's bigger things to come and it's not like I'm running devil's report as a career, but just to see players like have their own autograph on my logo after all the hard work I've put in, because it's a lot of you guys, like, again, not to toot my own horn, but me and Justin devil's fanatics can both attest to this. It's a lot of work. I mean, me and Justin went to Washington together and we literally sat in the car for like two hours making content, like Mm. just after the game ended. It's, it's a lot, but it's like, it doesn't feel like work when you're doing what you love. And that's exactly how it is for me. Even if we do lose seven, one, I'm still able to have discussions with the fan base and all that stuff. And it just pushes me to not give up. Even if there's little thoughts that creep into my mind that want me to, because it's just been phenomenal this entire journey. And I'm excited to see where it takes me because even you yourself, I mean, you've worked really hard on this podcast. I've seen that. And when you get that support back from people, it's just the best feeling in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I certainly appreciate both you and Justin for all the support you guys have given me in this podcast. And, uh, you know, I will continue to help out in any way I can, because really the reality is, is this, none of this is a competition. I've tried to say this before, about like when people, you know, I'm in, I'm in the podcasting world and there are several devil's podcasts and people say, oh, are you like trying to compete with it? No, because at the end of the day, we're all in it together. We're all in it to give this fan base the best coverage out there. Uh, you know, Daniel can attest to this. Go back only two or three years ago. How much devil's coverage was there really? Even just in terms of reporters, look at the amount of reporters we have now. You know, we have, we still have Amanda, but we've added Ryan Novazinski. We've added, you know, Mike Moriel has been doing it for a long time. James Nichols, also part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Christy Flannery, you know, now we have Sam Nestler joining. We have all these different people. And then you look at the amount of different fan pages that have come up just this year and yeah. several new podcasts that have come up just this year. None of us are in competition. We all are doing the best we can to give you guys the content that you guys need and deserve. And that's really what's important here is that we're all really, we're all a team, even though we don't really, we don't always interact one-on-one all the time. We're all a team. We're all here to give the best content we can and give you the most that we can um, because you Devils fans deserve all of this and a lot more. I'm sure you would agree. 
Yeah, 100%. That's actually something I wanted to add. So about a year into me running Devil's Report, I actually created a page for the New York Mets. And it was the same thing. Uh, it was nymets.report. And the numbers I was getting on there were phenomenal. But I just didn't feel truly like happy if that made sense. Because mm -hmm. the, the baseball community is such a wider scale community. Whereas even though I was getting less numbers running a Devil's page, just the sense of community and knowing that I was one of the only pages that was covering the Devils as opposed to like 10,000 Mets pages. I just felt more like it was my thing and I wanted to have that connection. And I wanted mm -hmm. people in the fan base to know who I was more on a more personal level, which you just couldn't do in baseball. So no. I literally gave that up in just a few months and stuck to fully running the Devils and knew that in the long run, it would be what was best just for my happiness and for the fan base as a whole, because I, like I've said, I really, really enjoy bringing content to people. I love, even if it's just the little memes, like I posted a thing <laughs> last night with the broom and the penguins logo, cause he just <laughs> swept them. Like, like yeah. those things are so, so, so fun. And seeing how you guys react to stuff like that is just the fact that I'm in the position. I don't in that position. I don't take that for granted at all. That's, right. It's so, so, so cool. And it it's really just, if I had to say there's like one thing about me, like if I'm doing icebreakers in a class, like that's why I say, like I run this Instagram page that covers mm -hmm. the New Jersey Devils because it really is just the coolest part about me. It, this whole thing has been absolutely incredible. And the for, for, for as much as me and other Devils fans might disagree on topics and stuff, like you said, Neil, we're, we're all a team. We all want the Devils to win at the end of the day. We're not always going to agree on everything. That's just how right. it works. But right. it, it's just really, really amazing. And I think we're all getting rewarded for it as a team this year with the Devils play. I couldn't have put it better myself. I mean, I, again, you know, D Daniel, Daniel, just like myself, you know, we've, we've, been through and a lot of you guys that are listening as well been through a lot of really really tough years and now to be in the position that we're all in at the end of the day we are just uh we are just on cloud nine and we cannot thank you guys enough for all the support you guys have given us so now let's shift to this question for you daniel i asked this to justin but i'll ask, I'll ask you as well going into this season 2022-23 what were your honest expectations? I mean, like, what was your outlook of this team going into the year comparatively to where we are right now? So I've said, I will tell you word for word what has been ingrained in my mind this entire season. I have told, I told so many of my friends this before the season started. Word for word, the, the phrase was this, if we get the second wild card, I'm thrilled. <laughs> and... <laughs> Now that would be like the end of the world, but it, it's right. really, it's cr absolutely crazy what this Devils team has done. I mean, they, I posted this too last night. We have the potential to literally be the winningest Devils team regular season of all time. And that, just saying that, I mean, we, we were a dynasty a few decades back and saying that mm -hmm. this year's team could eclipse any of those teams is insane. And I don't think any of us expected it. I said in the beginning of the year, even to be a second wildcard team, a lot of things have to go right. And I still believe that was true, but all those things did go right. We got so, so lucky in terms of player health, goaltending, defense, basically everything. And every team has their moments. But 
overall as a team we have just played some great hockey and we've rose up to the occasion when we've needed to last night in the Pittsburgh game, the, the Rangers game, the Carolina game. I mean, this team has showed that so far that they can rise to the occasion. And I think it helps when you have veterans, guys like Andre Palat, Eric Halla, who have been in the playoffs and it's not a big deal to them. They're to mentor the younger players and even Nico as a captain. I've loved mm -hmm. him. I think he's been the perfect captain for this team. So it's yeah. it's been a perfect storm and probably a little bit of luck involved along the way, but th that's every playoff team to, to an extent. So yeah. it just the fact that we are even in the playoffs and even have a legitimate shot at first place in the hardest division in the entire NHL. It's just, it's been quite the ride. And I know both of us are really, really enjoying it. It's been so fun. I think again, even if you go back to just after the first two games of the season, I think if any, if you had told anybody that we were going to be in the position we're right now, I don't think a single person would believe you. And, Not you know, currently you look at the devils right now, 49, 21 and eight guys, Understand that by the time the season ends, as Daniel just pointed out, this might be the winningest Devils team in regular season franchise history, even better than any of the three cup years. That is a phenomenal feat. I mean, even now, everything that they do is just phenomenal. It seems like every night, especially after wins, we're breaking some other record that I, that I feel like at times you never would have thought. I never thought especially covering the Devils the last couple of years. I never thought I'd really get to the point where I'd see the Devils be this dominant. I think I, I knew that they had the potential to be very good. Just this, But again, it was just how quickly it got to this point. And, and you can ask any, any analyst out there and any big-name person, they'll tell you the same thing. This is one of the most impressive turnarounds we have seen in the NHL in a long time, from one year to now, and it's been – just an absolute, it's been a roller coaster of a year with a lot of highs, definitely some lows, but mostly highs, which is good. And we're just a couple of games uh, away from being done with the season, the regular season. And to know that once the regular season ends, we're not focusing on next season or anything, yeah. we're getting ready to be one of the 16 teams to get ready for the playoffs with a team that if things bounce the way that we hope they do, could make a serious run very deep into the playoffs. I mean, this could be a very, very special playoffs. And, uh, you know, we'll see how things go once we get to that point. Um, my other quick question for you, Daniel, just talk about the Devils overall, is the emergence. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to say it, but the emergence of Jack Hughes. I mean, Jack Hughes, over 90 points, just a handful of points away from potentially breaking Patrick Elias' franchise record for most points in a season. Um, I mean, I guess I'll ask you a similar question to ask you about the Devils overall. Did you expect a season like this from number 86? I mean, honestly, I can't say I didn't expect it because the way he played last season, I I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was in a 100-point scorer. What I am, however, surprised about is how he's been able to stay on the ice. What did he miss, three games this season? Something like or that. Three, yeah. three, four, something like that. He That was the biggest thing. He just could not stay healthy. He was kind of getting bounced around like a ping-pong ball earlier in his career. And he's just able to step it up, get bigger and stronger. And he he's still, I'm not going to say he's one of the stronger people in the league, but he's at least got himself to the point where he's 
where he's more durable and able to bounce yeah. off checks and as a result stay healthy and that's huge for our team because like you said he speaking of records we've been talking about he could be possibly the greatest all-time scorer of the new jersey devils and he's what 21 years old right now mm-hmm. 22. like that that's absolutely incredible there's still a world's away for him we've seen when he's on his game what he's capable of and that's just someone who the other team no matter who it is any player in the world can't touch him when he's on the ice when he has the puck yeah so it's been amazing to watch and i'm so excited to see what jack continues to do not just this season in the playoffs but in his career because he's mm. going to be a devil for a long time and with the contract that tom fitzgerald signed him to i mean we're, we're getting a guy on an absolute steal long term and so it's just another what we like to call tom fitzgerald masterclass. Um, so shout out to fitzy there so let's shift over to uh last night's game against the pittsburgh penguins now The Devils were coming off, and Daniel, I know you didn't watch the game live, but they were coming off arguably their worst game of the season in the 6-1 to shellacking um, that they took at the hands of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Shout out to Nico Heischer for preventing us from being shut out for the first time this season. Uh, And they were coming into this game against Pittsburgh against a very desperate Penguins team. You know, they're battling for a wild card spot with the Islanders and the Panthers and the Ottawa Senators and a couple of other teams. Um, And the Devils seem to struggle against desperate teams. You look at the way they played last week against the Islanders. Desperate team got the crap kicked out of them. They take on a Pittsburgh team who had been playing pretty well up until this point. So clearly this was not going to be a cakewalk, you know, going into it. And... One of the one of the things that I thought was like really interesting about last night is Kevin Ball got put on the top defensive pairing with Dougie Hamilton. I don't know about you, Daniel, but me personally, I think he's earned it. I think he's earned it with the way he's played over the last handful of weeks to about month and month and a half. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I, I was just saying last night, I think over the last three weeks, Kevin Ball has been our best defenseman. And just seeing the strides he's made, and it's it's really just a confidence thing because we always know he's capable of it. But in the beginning of the season, when he was getting called up, he he was too timid. He was making turnovers, and even even offensively, he's done a great job of getting pucks through to the net, making plays, creating space for himself. I mean, everything we hoped he'd be so far, he's been, and that's a huge thing for this team if that's the case because. We're going to need that depth, especially with so many young players coming up where defense hasn't always been our number one strength. Even this season, we've relied a lot on offense and Mm -hmm. seeing how Kevin Ball has just stepped into it here and been fulfilled the role we've needed him to so perfectly. I mean, no offense to Brendan Smith, but as of now, there's just no reason for him to be in the lineup because Kevin Ball has in the same sense that Dawson Mercer did last season, Kevin Ball has just given the given ownership no reason to take him out of the lineup. Not at all. And uh, I'm really happy to see Kevin Ball develop the way he has. And uh, I'm excited for him to be here long term and be one of those really big lockdown defensemen um, for us. So game got underway. Devils rocking the Heritage uniforms. Really hope that next season they wear them a lot more. I don't know if this was a last-minute decision by the team, but I'm really glad that they brought them back. I know people say, oh, we, 
you know, we have a one in them, blah, blah, blah. Well, now we've won two in a row with them on. So I, I feel like that that uh, whole theory has been debunked. Um, but the Devils, right from puck drop, Daniel, like just decided we are going to take control. We are not going to get off to a bad start. We're not going to do anything. We are going to come out guns blazing. Started with Dougie Hamilton. 21st goal of the season for number seven in just his second full year or first full year uh, with this team. Devils get on the board. Palat and Brat got assists on that one. And then about more or less six minutes later, that man, that man, Dogson Mercer with his 25th of the year. Beautiful snapshot. He doubles the lead. And so after 20 minutes, very similar to the game against the Rangers last week, Devils up 2-0. And I think it's fair to say, Daniel, that the Devils certainly fed off the crowd and understood the importance of having a much better showing than they did against Winnipeg a few nights um, prior. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, even though I didn't watch the Winnipeg game live, I was I was able to... Thank God you didn't. <laughs> I was able to catch the condensed game after, and it was brutal. I mean, just a microcosm of everything Devils fans have complained about this season all in one game. Just two-on-ones, yeah. turnovers, not being able to get the puck out of the zone, all of it. Yeah. And the Devils, frankly, they knew they needed to be better, and I'm sure Lindy Ruff grilled them after this game, and deservedly so but to see and all season they've done it how this team has stepped up i mean how many times have we seen them lose consecutive games what maybe two or three times Mm -hmm. like it's not been a lot and that's that's just a test to their character and the veteran leadership and their skill and talent all of it it's just been remarkable and they really skated the penguins into the ground last night and like you said, a very, very hungry Penguins team. I mean, they needed that to stay alive in a second wild card spot, and the Devils just did not care. They, as their playoff slogan was "raise hell," that they, they raised hell for sure, because oh yeah, because the Penguins just were completely mismatched. And it's not like they're the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, the Penguins last not anymore because of the Devils, but they owned a playoff position, and the Devils just routed them. And like you said, Dogson Mercer, he has been an absolute star for us. And he's almost a 30-goal scorer, 27 goals now on the year. I mean, who who would have thought that? He's 21 years old. He's not even entered his prime yet. It's to see where Dawson's going to end up with this team in the coming years and just all the young talent we have up, there's no reason that the Devils won't be a good team for a long time. Now, Daniel, I do have a question for you. Early on in the second period, uh, what time was it, out of curiosity? Because um, I think a certain someone might have scored early on in the second. I have to double check, but I believe it was Timo time. It was indeed Timo time with his 38th of the year. He is two away from being the second 40-goal scorer on this team behind Jack Hughes. Dawson Mercer with a nice, honestly, it was a really nice rebound. I kind of looked like he did it no look but I'm sure he knew where he was on the play. He got his second of the game, 26th of the year, 4 nothing Devils after two. couple of quick notes, by the way, that I, I picked up. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, with that goal back in the first, is now all alone for second in franchise history for goals by a defenseman in a season, so he continues to do that. Uh, the big play also from the first period, Michael McLeod with the 
controversial, we'll just call it controversial, hit on Brian Dumoulin. Dumoulin's head kind of hit the uh, hit the boards, and obviously Sidney Crosby in particular did not take kind to that. Um, I mean, it was borderline. If I'm being honest with you, very borderline hit. Um, I think if I was a Penguins fan, I'd probably be over the top pissed off about it. Uh, Mikey showing his physicality. I'm a, I'm surprised he got away with nothing on the play. I could I was so expecting a penalty, but I guess not. Uh, and I also do want to mention because Ryan Novozinski, he loves to tweet this. This is his favorite tweet every game, especially when Nico gets a point. The Devils are now 47 and six when Nico Heischer records a point in the game this season. So you know, there's that. Um, it's it's just remarkable. And also on the um, on one of the Dawson Mercer goals, Tomas Tatar got his 450th career point. Tatar is only 50 points away from 500. That is crazy. That also shows you how long Tatar has been in the league. But it's really quite impressive. And also, talk about Dawson Mercer. 95, I think he's at, what, 96 points in his career? He's only played 160 games. Okay? Like, think about that. This kid, this kid, because he's still a kid, he's just like Danielson. He's a freaking star, man. He is phenomenal what he has been able to do. Jack Hughes got an assist on the Timo Meyer goal. So he's now at 91. So he is, again, just a couple of points away from Patrick Eliash's record. Timo Meyer, three goals and four points in his last four games. Guys, he is really starting to get hot. And for the rest of the league, that is a big, big issue. That goal was also Timo's seventh as a New Jersey Devil. That was impressive. Um, he has scored seven goals in 17 games. Dawson Mercer continue to do well. And also, I do want to say, uh, John Marino is 250th NHL game, collected an assist against his former team for his 65th career assist. Again, Daniel can attest to this. It seems like every game, a bunch of guys are just breaking records or milestones or whatever the case may be. And it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And also, with that second goal, Dawson Mercer, his fourth multi-goal game this year, which ranks him third on the team. Jack Hughes has nine. Brad's got six. So, again, Dawson Mercer just continuing to do unreal things. And then we go to the third, Daniel. And the third was, once again, the Dawson Mercer show as he gets himself up a nice feed from Nico Heischer. Chef's kiss, mind you. Uh, he gets himself... A hat trick, his first career hat trick, 27th goal of the year, 5 nothing Devils. Brian Rust would get a stupid, lucky goal later on in the period. <laughs> Who cares? No one cares. The fact that Brian Rust is still getting paid as much as he does is, is, is whatever. Luckily, we don't cover the, the Penguins. And the Devils were pretty much smooth sailing the rest of the way as they came away with a decisive 5-1 win over the New Jersey, uh, over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, they played against themselves over the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins. And uh, also, with that hat trick for Dawson Mercer, it's the first time since the 2011-2012 Cup final team the Devils have had three hat tricks in one season. Pretty, just again, just remarkable things that have happened 
um, from this team. And the last stat that I'll quickly give you guys, for the first time since 2009-2010, as Daniel obviously mentioned with his uh, post last night, the Devils finished the season series against the Penguins 6-0-0. First time since 2009-2010, we have swept the Penguins aside in the regular season. Just absolutely phenomenal. Daniel, your thoughts on a pretty much overall almost perfect game by the New Jersey Devils and Dawson Mercer being that dog that he is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they were just, they were hungry. They they knew they got embarrassed in Winnipeg and they knew they had to be better. They had that day off in between, so they had fresher legs. And I think it kind of shows that the Devils and Penguins are such a mismatch because the Penguins are a slower more veteran team and the devils have their entire identity is speed and we saw it on mercer's third hat trick goal where it was a five on one for the devils i mean (laughs) when you almost never see that and that just shows that the devils skated the penguins so hard into the ground that the penguins just couldn't keep up i mean they literally had four guys on the other end of the ice (laughs) while the devils are coming up i mean it's it's great to see the the team that we have built and just the speed and talent that has surrounded our core players and i mean there's really there's very very few players on this team that you can say are like quote unquote slow like there's right. there's a couple guys with like at maybe Nathan Bastian but his role isn't to be fast so that's fine nope. everyone else has average speed or great speed and most of our team has elite speed. I mean, you have guys like Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, even like lower end guys like Sharon Govich and Boquist. Like they're all fast in terms of skating speed. So it's just when you have an older, more veteran team, like say the Capitals or the Penguins, it's not really a match because we can just skate circles around them. The bad matchups for the Devils are the teams like the Islanders who lay right. a lay the body a lot because that has been the one issue this season that the devils are not really that physical and they've been able to get by but it's going to be interesting to see how that shapes up come playoff time absolutely and i think it's important for this devil's team to get some confidence against the team that is fighting for a playoff spot um to win as as handily as they did i think it's a big momentum boost knowing that you have columbus on thursday which out of the three games this week is considered to be the quote-unquote easiest. And then you have the big nationally televised game in Boston against the Bruins. I mean, that's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere in Boston between two of the top three best teams in the National Hockey League. It's going to be it's going to be crazy. So for them to get off to the start that they did this week, the way that they did it is important. And so with that win, that's now 49 on the year. They are two wins away from tying the franchise record for most in a season. And they are five points away from tying the franchise uh, record for most points in a year. And the Devils are still one road win away from tying the franchise record in road wins. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Also, you mentioned Nate Bastion, Daniel. Well, the Devils are now 31-6-3 when Nate Bastion plays in a game. So I don't know if that just means that Nate Bastion is secretly our most valuable player, or for some reason when we play, we just play more phenomenally when uh, when he's in net or when he's when he's playing. Um, and the last stat that I'll give you guys really quickly, and it's from again Ryan Novazinski of NJ.com. 
Uh, let's talk about Dawson Mercer. Again, remember, he was picked 18th overall. He was part, well, his pick became, was part of the Taylor Hall trade. So just to remind you all, he's picked 18th overall in 2020. Only Tim Stutzlow has 117 and Lucas Raymond, 98, have more career points than Dawson Mercer, who currently has 97. The number one pick, Alexi Lafreniere of the New York Rangers, has 90 points in 51 games. So, and Dawson Mercer, knock on wood, has st- is a, is approaching potentially going two full regular seasons without missing a game, which is pretty phenomenal about his durability overall. I mean, it really is just a tremendous, tremendous job by him. Great game by the Devils, and like I said before, great start to the week, and we'll see if the Devils can reach the 50-win mark on Thursday when they take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before I let you go, Daniel, just want to quickly get your thoughts on this last topic. Now, again, we have a pretty good idea as to who we most likely will play in the first round, but it could still very much change. Devil's currently three points behind Carolina for first in the Metro, and currently, at the time of this recording, have a five-point lead over the Blue Shirts, the New York Rangers, for second place in the Metro. Knowing that we're most likely going to play the New York Rangers or whoever we play, what should be the devil's mindset going into the playoffs? Because I think a lot of people look at and say, should they be thinking about trying to go win the Stanley Cup? I mean, I'm sure that's one of their mindsets. But like, what should be the overall mindset in the first real, you know, I guess cracking open of the window of our chances of competing for a Stanley Cup? Yeah, I mean, I think they just got to take it game by game. I've said this so many times. The team that gets hottest in the playoffs is usually the team that goes the furthest. So the regular season goes out the window. It doesn't matter that Boston beat everyone on the planet every time they played them or what the Rangers were doing in terms of scoring. Like, none of it matters. We just have to focus on playing our game. I think physicality needs to be a big thing because I mentioned it earlier the Devils have not been that physical in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's all it is, just big hits everywhere. So they have guys with size who can do it. We've seen guys do it before, but they need to be committed to that more so in the playoffs. Um, Aside from that, I think just change nothing. Approach it as a regular season game because we see the talent on this team. We see the skill. I have one more thing to add, actually. I've, I've brought it up. Lindy Ruff needs to find before the end of the season needs to find a line, a line combination that works with all four lines and stick with it because we need chemistry rolling into the playoffs Mm -hmm. and we can't really afford to be jumbling things along everywhere and not sure who you're going to take out. Is Boquist going to be out? Is Sharon Govich going to be out? Like we just need to stick to something and it's great to have the depth if there's injuries and stuff, but we need guys to get a feel with each other. And the lines last night were pretty good. Um, We'll see if he makes any changes before the end of the season. But I yep. just think they can't take it too seriously. And the good thing is they have those veterans with playoff experience. I mean, Palat's played in over 200 career playoff games. So it's literally nothing to him. Right. He just, all, all those vets just need to, even guys like Brendan Smith, even if he's not on the ice, he's had that experience just, tell the guys like look it's just another game just focus on doing your thing night in and night out and you'll be fine i think that's the perfect mindset for this team i mean anything they do at this point i've said it before anything they do at this point is gravy i mean they've already well exceeded expectations nobody expects them to even be in the position that they're in right now 
And really, I think the Devils should just go in, go into the playoffs with an optimistic, uh, you know, motivated mindset and just have fun with it. I mean, this isn't a this is the first you know real chance. And I know that people say you know you don't know how many chances you're going to get, and I think that's a very fair point. But to just go out there and do the best that you possibly can. I think the results will come, especially with how talented this team is. And I know people talk about that this team is young, you know, inexperienced, everything inexperienced doesn't always necessarily work out. I argue to look at the 2009 Chicago Blackhawks team when they had a very young Patrick Kane, very young Jonathan Tate, Seabrook, Duncan Keith, all those guys. They went all the way too deep into the conference finals against the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, they nearly made the finals in their first year went on to win three cups in five years. So, like, would that be the blueprint I would love for the Devils? Absolutely. You know, is it, is it likely? Only time will tell. I mean, that's the way I look at it. But I do agree with Daniel that at the end of the day, one game at a time, one period at a time, one shift at a time, one play at a time, however you want to look at it, that's the way the Devils should go about their business once the playoffs. And like it says on the shirt, let's try to race some hell. Why not? We're in the playoffs. First time in five years. Let's uh, let's let's have a little fun with it. I think that's the, the way I got to look at it. So, Daniel, man, it was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, I know, like you said before, we've been trying to do this for a long time, and I'm really excited that you were able to come on today. But before I let you go, because I do this with all my guests, I like to roll out the red carpet and let you promote anything you got going on. Let the people know where they can follow you. All the stuff you got going on with the page, the podcast, anything else. So, my friend, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. It was a blast. Um, the first thing I want to say in the red carpet is let's go Devils because, that, <laughs> as, as I've said, that's the ultimate thing here. We want them to make a run in the playoffs. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my podcast, Shout at the Devils with Justin, who runs Devils Fanatics. We've we've had a really good time with that. It's been a lot of fun. We have some exciting guests planned over the summer and just overall excited to bring a lot to you guys. Some things that I can't mention yet because they're a work in progress. But yeah, exactly. But um I, I'm I'm just really excited. I highly recommend listening to the podcast. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, also my page devils.report on Instagram, I'm posting constant live updates of basically everything that goes on with this team, game days, final scores, recaps, notable awards, achievements, literally everything. Um, it, it's been such a blast to run it and seeing the feedback I've got has been phenomenal. So that's really all I got to say on this carpet here. I just, I, I'm most importantly just excited to see where this team ends up and hopefully they raise some hell. Absolutely. Let's raise some hell once we get into the playoffs. Again, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really do appreciate it. And we will definitely have you back on the podcast down the road, but we really appreciate the time, man. And uh, yeah, really just, just thank you. This was, this was phenomenal. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's go Devils. Let's go Devils.